Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Wyatt Nance. Whoa. Can you dunk a basketball on a 10-foot hoop? I'd like to think a guy 6'4", 6'5", could dunk a basketball. No, I cannot anymore. So Wyatt is part of our crew here. Yes, thank you, Wyatt. Um, you sound like my f***ing son now, who's always like, How could you not dunk anymore? How could you not dunk your 6'5"? And I'm like, okay, I'm 42. I don't know, I've separated my shoulder twice. I broke my ankle twice. I have a f***ing lost organ. And I've had some back problems. Doctor says I need a bacchiotomy. I don't know. I've got the same spring that I used to have, son. F*** off, okay? <laughs> Tell that to your son. I do say that to my son. <laughs> Tell him f*** off a lot. Very well done. Well done. Yeah. I really would, though, wonder, like, when you stand under the basket and put your hands to maximum you know, above your head, right? However, how far you actually have to go from that to get to the rim. It can't be very far. No, to get to the rim, close to the rim. When you stand under the basket and put your hands straight up. I I mean, I I guess, I mean, you know, like, yeah, I can touch an eight foot ceiling, right. By, by still standing up. So yes, I can get the, I can get to the rim. It's not about that. It's about the other eight to 10 inches. I got to get above the rim to get the damn big ball above it. That That's where I've lost it. So, you know, Hey, if, 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 if touching the rims cool, then I'm still the coolest guy around. Okay. I can do that, but damn Duncan, that that's over. You saw those, those injuries are real. I, I do not have the spring in my spine or my legs anymore. Would you be able to dunk if you were to say, remove some of the PSI from the basket, <laughs> maybe it'd be close. You're de- you're right. That would probably help a little bit. I can I can palm a basketball, so that shouldn't be you know too much of the issue. It's just that yeah, it doesn't. I, and I don't even feel, it doesn't even feel right anymore, Mike. Like 
My son tried and wanted me to do it last summer, and I ran up. You know, I was a little warm, and I was like, let me just run up there and see where I can get and touch the rim. And I did it like two or three times, and I was like, it doesn't even feel normal. I feel like if I do that a few more times, something's going to break or pop or something. So I'm, I'm done with that. I just play old man basketball now. Let me post up, dribble. If I'm open, okay, I can knock it down. That's who I am. You know, it's funny that you say that. There was a time in my life where you may be surprised to know this, but I could run really fast. And not just really fast, really, really fast. And I know you don't believe it, but that's fine. There may be some video evidence out there somewhere, probably not. But I have not progressed farther than a fast walk in years. And we have a very large basement with a lot of open space from the kitchen area to the stairs. And and every once in a while, I'll kind of walk quickly through there. And, it, and it'll occur to me, I haven't run, <laughs> per se, in a long time. Although I do think... I have a recollection of Matt Casey visiting one time within the past several years where we ran up my hill, but, but that's different than like we ran up yeah. my hill 10 times in my backyard. Cause it's a steep hill, but right? it's different than straight line. Open yeah, it as up. fast as you can go. Because I feel like number one, it would not feel normal. And number two, something would break snap or tear within the first five steps. And then it's not worth having to limp around everywhere for no. six weeks. So, all right. Uh, I mentioned air out of the football. That's something Tom Brady allegedly did or actually did. And he played for the Buccaneers. So six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Here's Todd Bowles talking about the reality that one year removed from Tom Brady, he doesn't know who his starting quarterback is yet. It's a little different because, you know, you don't hit the quarterbacks and obviously OTAs, nor do you hit them and many camps or even training camp until they play games. So you really don't know who's what under pressure uh, from an analyzing standpoint. Again, it's, it's the grasp of the offense. It's the reading of the defense. It's not necessarily making the big play, but the right play. And then it comes down to moxie, and it comes down to uh, intelligence, in-game intelligence and adjustments and fits and film work. And you can see who the team galvanizes around and, and who's ready to play the first game. And you kind of make a decision from there. But it's, it's constant analyzation, whether it's small or whether it's big. It's constant analysis from now up until we name a starter. And the candidates, obviously, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. They're not giving Mayfield so much money. There's a presumption that he's going to be the guy. Trask was a second-round pick back in, what was it, 2021? the second year of Tom Brady as they were right. planning for handing the baton from Brady to someone. Trask hasn't played at all, hardly, if at all. So we don't know what's there. We know what Mayfield has done in the past. We don't know what he's doing now. But, you know, at some point, Chris, I'm a believer in one guy being the guy and getting the preparation. The longer you split reps, the longer it is until one guy gets yeah. the best of all the practice he needs to be ready to go. Yeah, that's right. You know, you start to get down to, uh, you know, you, you got more than one quarterback. You got none, right? I mean, you got you got, you got got too much going on there. You got to start framing your team and, you know, framing a guy as far as who's the leader and somebody to rally around and having a voice in the locker room and a guy that can get everybody going. Uh, and I think there's legitimacy to, to what you're saying there. No doubt. I'm, I'm a believer in that as well. 
This one, though, does feel like it's a true, fair, open competition. And when it is a true, fair, open competition, hey, somebody will get the lead here through OTAs and minicamp and go into training camp, you know, being the starter and, you know, probably having everybody's brains and heads going, ooh, this guy's in the lead. I think it's going to be him. But it'll still be another week, two weeks of, of probably legit competition to where they start to finally do what you're saying, Mike. All right, hey, you know, guy who's won the first two weeks of training camp here, you, you, you're, you're with the first team here like all week for practice as we get ready for the first preseason game. And then it'll go from there. And I, and I imagine that's, that's kind of how it'll play out. I think they're truly up in the air because, like you said, Baker, the contract there, that certainly doesn't speak to starting quarterback. And we'll see where it goes and see how they perform. But I'm a believer in Baker Mayfield. You know that from my quarterback rankings. I still think he's got moxie leadership, and he has an elite arm in the NFL. And that's where you know I think he has an edge on Kyle Trask. Mayfield comes in at number 24 in the Chris Sims quarterback rankings. By the way, if you were listening closely to the Todd Bowles explanation. Uh, yeah. He, and, and if you paid attention to how he conducted himself after saying the word analyzation, you got the sense that he was wondering whether What's or that not a real word? Simsism. <laughs> yeah. Our friends at MiriamWebster.com tell us that analyzation is indeed a word. Of course it is. It may have been a case of accidental scholaring or scholarization by Todd Bowles because you could just tell. And then he came back around and he said analysis. He wasn't sure. He didn't want to say it again. You're right. Make sure everybody knows I'm aware (laughs) of the proper word. But, Todd, you were right. Your instincts were right. Analyzation, accidental scholar, Todd Bowles won the rest of the world zero okay uh but it really is i because i when he said it i thought boy that sounds like something sims would say and uh every once in a while one of those words is indeed a word kyle trask hoping to be the guy who gets to bark out the words before the start of the play and hold the football and throw it here he is on competing with baker mayfield for the starting quarterback job in tampa bay kyle how's your relationship with baker developing really good really good um you know, I think that whole quarterback room that they've built is just really good. You know, that's the, the point of sports is, you know, we love competition. Um, we've been competing our whole lives in this sport. So, you know, obviously there's no bad blood or anything like that. Uh, just just pushing each other and making sure we're always getting better every day. Yeah, so. He talks a lot of trash out there. How are you in that category? Uh, in the trash talking category? I don't know. you got to get me pretty riled up. But I try to keep my cool and, you know, it's a – case-by-case basis, I guess. (laughs) Kyle Trask falling into that category of guy I wouldn't know if he walked up on the street and kicked me in the face, and maybe he will. We did that with Davis Mills not long ago. But it's amazing. There's so many guys in the NFL that you don't see on a regular basis. You don't hear from them. They don't play. Trask hasn't played, and now is his opportunity. And it would be a significant development for him if he can beat out Baker Mayfield. That is huge for Kyle Trask because when they signed Baker Mayfield, I think they did so under the assumption this guy is going to beat out Kyle Trask. They didn't just hand it to Trask. And even though they got him for not a lot of money, it's still Baker Mayfield. That's right. And I think that's a huge feather in Kyle Trask's cap if he can win this job and become the starting quarterback 
of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, the Bucs, they were looking for a guy that, wait, if Kyle Trask doesn't work or do we really want to trust him and bring somebody I mean, Baker just fit everything. Wasn't going to be expensive, has experience, right? Led a team to the playoffs and had the Chiefs on the ropes in a divisional playoff game. You know, he, he, and then he has the talent to go along with it. So, like, like you're saying, if Trask beats him out, they can really go, wait, wait, this, this, they beat, he beat a starting NFL quarterback out. You know, we can all argue about where Baker Mayfield is as a starter, but I think he's that type of talent. So that, that's what'll be interesting, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, Baker's got big talent and he's got a big arm and he's got leadership and, 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 uh, ability to, to get people to kind of rally around him and give your offense edge and stuff like that. You know, but yeah, it's going to be about what they do on the field and how they look there. The Bucks are an interesting team. They really are. You think about their defense is still super talented. You know, what's Mike Evans? What's Chris Godwin going to be? Is that offensive line going to be any better? You know, there's some pieces about them, just like the Saints and the Panthers and the Falcons, the whole division where you go, I see potential, but there's a few questions I got too that are legitimate that, you know, I got to see on the field before you can have a better feel for the team. Some of these throws, man. Yeah, it's not not great. They're looking rough. And watch the reactions around the players. I saw Jason Light in one of them kind of run his hand over his mouth like, what the hell have I got myself into? Now it's settling down a little bit here, but there there were some ugly misses among the first few. We're talking about NFL caliber quarterbacks here with no one defending, no one rushing the passer. How are you missing throws that badly? It was comical those first few from both guys. Yeah, let's all right. Let's play it back again. Well, I mean, you know, I think this is the thing. It's it, it's it's an early in practice drill right here, right? They're they're working on like little timing and angles. How early in practice it is? What is that? I, I, I get you. You know, again, now I don't think like the the quarterbacks are throwing full speed here. That was a nice throw. That should have been caught certainly. But you know, you're this is where you're you're working on. You know, trying to again, if he wanted to sit there and Watch make Jason it look Light. good Watch for, well, he's trying to be legitimate too here with some of these. <laughs> they're trying to throw them like legit rhythm, and they're trying to get a feel for the angle of the like. Okay, hey, it's this route versus cover two. It's this same route versus cover three, and they're working out the kinks of that here in an early practice drill. If they wanted to sit there and just really wait and pat the ball, they'd complete it every time. But I think the quarterbacks are also trying to be somewhat legitimate. With you know how many hitch steps they take, how many times they pat the ball, uh, and it's an early early practice drill, like I said. So let's not read too deep into it, everybody. Okay, so I'll defer to you. Scale of one to ten. Yeah. Right. With one being no big deal whatsoever, and ten being this is as bad as the time they had a rookie quarterback who couldn't spit out the plays. Okay? <laughs> Where does the concern lie for a Buccaneers? I, I, I don't think, like, if people are open, Baker Mayfield's going to hit it. I know about that. So the concern is, like, one for me right there. And I think there was really only one or two there where you were like, oh, ooh, that doesn't look right there. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, again, I don't think it's a drill where guys are full speed quite yet. I'm not concerned about it. Those guys will hit them when it's open and when it counts. I think the reason we reacted the way we did is they were the first throws we saw. Exactly. Right. Is it normal to see NFL players fail to connect on such an easy, simple, little 
you run down six steps, if that many, and I'm going to throw you the ball. People do that in their backyards and on beaches countless times. And, you know, when something like that happens, everybody else laughs. So that's what was strange about those throws. Yeah. So work in progress. But look, Peter King put them at number 31 in the power rankings he published a couple of weeks ago. I'm not as down on the Buccaneers. I'm with you there. They've got a lot of guys on that team still that went to the Super Bowl. They have no pressure. They have no expectations. They are in the weakest division in football. They have an opportunity to have things fall together their way and possibly win that division again and lose at home in the opening round of the playoffs to the number five seed of the NFC. But it's still at least something if they can put together another playoff appearance. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Before we do, though, there's a question from Wyatt who had the same question for you. Can you dunk? Do you play that guitar in the background? I used to, but I don't anymore. It just sits there now. It's ornamental, just like the guitars down in the barn. They're just kind of there. I went through a phase where I was trying to rediscover because I played guitar when I was a kid and I tried to get back into it and try to take it next level. That was my hobby. That was before I stumbled into the smoke a cigar, drink some whiskey and write fiction at night. That's my hobby now. So to answer the question, no, I don't play it. But I could still do C, G, F, and probably pick a little bit on it, but but uh, not 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 nearly good enough to go grab it and do it. That's for damn sure. I did not know you had that talent at all. I did not it's know not that talent. was part of your. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's yeah. a threshold before it actually becomes right, talent. Right. Just I forgot. Ability to put your fingers where they're supposed to be. You have a talent at building Lego sets at the age of fifty five. Congratulations. Quite a talent, and I'm 57. Get your facts straight. <laughs> I got another one I've been working on. It's a typewriter, and I started on it, and I stopped with, like, this is the guts of the typewriter. And it just was so hard to do this. Like, I don't feel like doing the rest of the typewriter. So this has been sitting here waiting for me to do the wow. rest of the so, Wow. All right. They're not – They're not. listen, it's not like a little kid slobbering all over. Like they, These are <laughs> difficult – you got to, and you got to look at the instruction. You got to figure out what, what do I actually have here? What piece do I need? It, it's, it's not as easy as you would think. Now the Seinfeld set was pretty easy. This typewriter thing's a pain in the ass. I, 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 they're, they both look like a pain in the ass to me. They're not for me. I know that that's just my giant hands and my impatience with that kind of stuff. That ain't happening here. Uh, now you so. would need the bureau blocks. Those were the big giant ones for the two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Something you, you, but not because you have a two-year-old brain, although that's <laughs> Thank you. Because you've got the big giant heat hooks, they would have a hard time with the smaller Lego pieces. I did I don't know if you saw the the Ghostbusters house really I put a lot of work into that. That was my just kind of, you know, season's over, things are slowing down a little bit. Let's just just do something that serenity now. Uh, and I'd had it for like four years. It was in the box and I'd never gotten around to messing with it. So I just decided last year, let's just do this damn thing. And it took a lot of time, took a lot of effort. It's very complicated. It's very detailed. And it's going to sit there until I die because I put too much time into it to do anything but have it prime spot on the table in the office. Right in front of the Metrodome chairs. You know those are Metrodome oh, chairs. I, I was going to ask that next. The, up, the good old Metrodome. Yeah, that's good. It brought a lot of good memories there, you know. Uh, maybe not for the Vikings, but for a lot of other teams. <laughs> what is Joe Mixon? I really have an itchy forehead today. What is Joe Mixon's future with the Cincinnati Bengals? We'll discuss that next year on PFG Live. 
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I mean, I loved it, you know, because, you know, uh, you know we have a nice little rival with the Chiefs, and just seeing him come over, you know, it's like, yeah, we, we, we won up y'all. But at the end of the day, uh, he's a great player. No matter where he would have went, uh, he's probably one of the best in his position. You know, and just adding him to um, what we got already, you know, it's going to allow Joe to have more time. It's going to give us uh, the will to put up those points, you know, so I'm, I'm just happy to have him. Tyler Boyd talking about the fact that the Bengals have gotten Orlando Brown away from the Chiefs. Boyd also said yesterday that he firmly believes if he hadn't been injured, he suffered a thigh injury Man. 15 AFC Championship game. He believes the Bengals would have won that game if he had not gotten Shots injured. Shots fired. There's no way to disprove it, but Boyd ready to go after the Chiefs again. And even though the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, let's not forget the fact that the Bengals have had their number. And there were points in that game, AFC title game 2022, where it felt like the Bengals were going to beat them again, especially near the end until Chris Jones became one-man wrecking crew, it felt like the Bengals were going to win that game. Yeah, the Bengals seem like the, you know, they're they're not going anywhere. They're not scared of anybody or anything. That's the one thing I like about the Bengals. And they do seem like they're the one team in the AFC that's not, not intimidated or scared of the shine of the Chiefs and what they're in the midst of right now. And it's Mahomes, and you can't beat them in a big moment or a big game. They've already proven that them, to themselves, that they can do that. So that's where it's, you know, comments like that, like we've talked about. You know, I think that the Bengals legitimately get underneath the Chiefs' skin. I think it was a little more personal with Mahomes and company, like we talked about, I think, last week or the week before with the Bengals and some of the things he said after the game. And, you know, this is just going to be another thing that's going to add a little fuel to the fire when they play this year. And this is probably it for Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. He's participating in the offseason workouts. Look, there's no way they can keep him around. He's due to make more than $8 million this year. He's the third receiver. They're going to have to pay T. Higgins. they got to pay Jamar Chase. This is his last run at getting a Super Bowl win with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, unless he takes dramatically less than what he may be able to get elsewhere. And if they do win a Super Bowl, it just makes him more marketable as a free agent next year. Guy who 
isn't due to be a free agent for a couple of years in Cincinnati is running back Joe Mixon. When he was not heavily used in the AFC Championship, and actually we saw more from Samaj P. Ryan, who has since left via free agency for the Broncos, we thought maybe Mixon, Joe Mixon, in trouble as the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's got more than $9 million that he's due to make this year. There's been a sense that maybe they're going to save some money and move on to a younger guy. Here is Zach Taylor, coach of the Bengals, talking about Mixon's future with the team. I think we've got a re- great relationship with Joe. I've appreciated how he's come to the building every single day and just worked hard. And that's that's a big reason why we, we gave him the contract we gave him, um, his presence with the team. And, and so, again, he's a guy that I enjoy being around and we're counting on him. Still sounds like he's going to be part of the team, Chris. And we got that vibe from Zach Taylor when we sat with him at the scouting combine. There's been nothing to contradict it. The only thing to keep in mind is that we've got this June 1 date coming. Now, they could always cut him before then because unless you have already designated two guys you've released as post-June 1 cuts, you can keep doing it. You can do it after June 1. You can trade him after June 1. There isn't a huge cap charge here. We're only looking at $4 million that would be split between this year and next year, two and two. So it's not crippling for the Bengals. I feel like they're going to keep him, though, because if you would trade him, it's $9.4 million that somebody's going to want to have to take on to give to a veteran running back. Derek Henry was reportedly on the market. There were no takers. These guys who are veteran running backs getting toward the back end of their second contracts with eight figures or close to it in salary, teams aren't going to want to bring those guys in. Right. Teams are going to want to go with someone younger and cheaper. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Nor do they want to trade assets away to get a guy where they go, okay, and then wait, we might have to pay him more and then put ourselves in a tough spot if he does have a good year, and then we got to pay him because the fan base starts to go, hey, look what he did for us, and you go, damn, we we didn't want this guy long-term, but now we're stuck here and we do have to pay him. There's a lot of things that go into that. But when you take it from the Bengals' perspective, I think it makes sense. You know, we've hit on this. Like, they're, they're, they're damn good. Like, he's damn good. What what you're going to save in money, to me, it's just not worth it for where their team is at right now in the Super Bowl window. And you're finally getting the offensive line in a spot and towards the end of last year where you started to go, okay, it's starting to look pretty good. We just heard Tyler Boyd talk about Orlando Brown. I mean, Joe Mixon still got tread on the tires. He just needs a hole. It's not fair. I mean, he, there was nowhere to run last year. They they were crappy running the football. You know, they didn't get it going at all until a little bit at the end of the season. The Bills playoff game, we saw them start to hit a little mojo there. And I think the other thing with the Bengals, you look at their roster with no Pirine there like you talked about. You know, I wouldn't trust that other the rest of the guys they got on the roster right now for the whole season. There's too many unproven commodities. I love Chase Brown, who they drafted in the fifth round out of Illinois. I think he's going to be a baller. He's a good player. But do I want to trust him protecting Joe Burrow and carrying the ball in a big moment right away in year one as a rookie? No. So that's where I think you know the talent, yeah, he's part of the culture, and what you got on the rest of the roster still, to me, makes too much sense to keep Joe Mixon, and, and I get where they're going with that. Yeah, Uh I agree, and I think he will be there for at least one more year. It just was odd to see him marginalized to right. a certain extent. Yeah. Champion. That was a signal that that uh, they didn't intend 
that wasn't an accurate signal. It was no indication of what they were thinking about doing with Mixon because obviously they let Piran go in free agency and they're keeping Mixon at 9.4 one, one more thing, Mike, just with that whole thing too. You know, this, this does happen where Mixon's better than Piran, but I, I think too, and I don't know this, I'm just going through, you know, what my knowledge of football and years, of, you know, being around it, where I just think, especially in that championship game. It's the Chiefs' defense. They got a lot of crazy things they do on that side of the ball. I think P. Ryan was just much more trusted to dissect blitzes and crazy de- – and that's where they trusted him. And that was one of those games where I think they looked at it and said, we're not going to be able to run the ball against this group that well, so we are going to rely on the pass game and Spagnolo and all them. They bring some crazy crap here. We need a guy that we can trust and knows all the rules and do it the right way. And I think that probably played a big part in why he was on the field so much too, Mike. I mentioned June 1, and there are some other names out there that we've been keeping an eye on. Dalvin Cook, the running back of the Vikings, who got contract right around the same time Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara did. There's been this vibe that something's going to happen with Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. When I interviewed Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach, a few weeks ago, we played some of it on the show. Chris, you picked up on the idea that it sounds like O'Connell's talking about Dalvin Cook in the past tense. I feel like, similar to DeAndre Hopkins, they don't want to let this guy go for nothing and have him become a star somewhere else. A trade is going to require, I think, a willingness to restructure because you're bringing this guy in at $10.4 million in salary. Teams may not want to take on that obligation. Usually it's only the team that has had the player. Right of his career that is willing to pay that kind of money to the player in the out years of his contract. If they're not willing to do it, why is someone else going to do it? But Cook is one to keep a close eye on. And, um, you know, Miami's been bandied about. There's a couple other teams I think that would surprise people at first, but when you, when you think about it, maybe it's not a surprise, but we'll see what happens because I feel like something could happen. We get on the other side of June one Either it's a cut or a trade, and we're getting close. Today's the 31st. So as of the second, like once business – I think the way it works is once business closes on June 1 or – I I think Friday is the day to watch. I think that's how it works, June 2nd. But we'll see because Cook's that one that has just been out there, and there's been this weird sense that that maybe something is going to happen or maybe not even that that ambiguous – I think it's become kind of a presumption that something's going to happen with Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. Do you get a feeling, though, that like maybe they've like pulled the reins back or hit the brakes on it? I, it just feels that way. I got no inside knowledge there. But with all the steam around it and everything, you know, I just feel like we'd, we'd hear more legit rumors that they were really going to release him at this point or just more around the situation. I don't know why I, I get the sense like they were flirting with it. They kind of wanted to see as they were gauging, like what's the interest for them and what should we do? And I don't know, maybe they, they came to a determination of, of something we talked about that, you know, we, Alexander Madison's good and yeah, we might not have to pay him $11 million, but it's still an $8 million dead cap hit, right? So it's not necessarily going to help their team out dramatically this year. And, and like we talked about, I think it was last week too, Mike, where we just went, there's only a few guys in football where you can just go, here's the ball at our own 20-yard line, and he has a chance to score from there. And, that, and he's still one of those guys. And to me, with what he's making, 
I, he's still worth it. Now, maybe they feel differently about his injured shoulder or his body, and they know something I don't know, and that, that could be the case. But from what I know and what I see on the field, he's still worth what they should, should pay him this year. $10.4 million is still the cash that goes out. It's the money they have to deal with. Can they restructure? Can they get him to take less? Can they do something that they can keep him around? I, it's just a weird vibe. It is. Great question. And, and through it all, and I, you know, we don't have it on the rundown today, uh, so I'm going to mention it now. The idea that Justin Jefferson isn't at OTAs. He isn't at off-season workouts. This guy needs his contract. They need to figure out how to pay him. He's going to have market-setting contract. Why shouldn't he at this point? And something I wrote last night to keep an eye on, the Vikings' contractual structure. They broke precedent for Kirk Cousins. But what they will typically do, injury guarantees only, that become fully guaranteed in the year the money is to be paid. No two years, three years out with full guarantees, like we're seeing more and more great players get. Right. I think they're going to have to be willing to break precedent for Justin Jefferson to get him to sign and to get him to be happy and to get him to show up. It can't just be $31 million per year. It's got to be structured in a way that he's got real guarantees that aren't just injury only so the Vikings don't have the ability one year at a time to say, ah, you know what, the guy doesn't have it anymore. We're just going to tear up this contract and not pay him. Yeah, it's, uh, it'd be interesting to see what, what they do here. It would. Justin Jefferson, I mean, we know. I mean, I'm not, I don't care that he's not there. Again, I think it's pretty common for receivers not to be there, really. You know, they want to work with their trainers. They're trying to work. They're, they're running. That's all they do. So it's, it's one of those positions where I don't worry about it too much. And he's a superstar. And they're going to have to break precedence and make sure they keep him happy. There's no doubt. Uh, and we're still talking about a guy who's, Definitely one of the three, four best receivers in the game. And to me, looks like he's still going on an upward trajectory here. So that's where it could be as special with uh, your man, J- uh, Justin Jefferson. By the way, before we take a break. Yeah. He has decided to take it upon himself to post this poll question at Chris Sims' Twitter page. Is it okay for a grown man to do Legos by himself? Damn. Who else would you do Legos with? I don't think it's a group exercise. Well, a child, a significant other. I mean, doesn't that happen? I, I'm I don't disappointed think my in the people who follow me. I don't think, I don't think, my, I don't think my wife's interested. Who she the hell is, in- who's following me on Twitter that it's okay for a grown man to do Legos oh, by himself? Oh, I'm disappointed. Oh, you reject the results of the poll. You put the poll up and you reject the results. The overwhelming majority stop the count. Stop the count. Yep. It's, it's 1.1% oh. say it's okay. All right, good. You're in the clear. There is something, uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Yeah. There is something about it that is mentally soothing. I get you. It's like and a puzzle. I get it. That is mentally rewarding. It, it's like I like going to the grocery store. Not because I like leaving the house or being around other people. That's well documented. I'm against both things. <laughs> we know. But I like going somewhere where I have a plan, a list. I knock off every item on the list. I bring it all home. I put it where it's supposed to be. Beginning, middle, end. It's nice to have stuff like that in your life when you feel like you're just constantly caught in this whirling mass of stress and unresolved issues. And what about this? And what about this? It's nice to be able to say, here's this box full of pieces. 
Here's the instructions. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to build this thing. And then I got to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with it once it's built. But it's just, there's something about that process of building it and having it done that is therapeutic. So I would recommend it to you. I would also like to see a live stream of Chris Sims trying to do a Lego set (laughs) after he has smoked. That is something I would pay to watch. Oh, well, hey, like I tell, I'd be great at first. I'd be great at first. Like I tell most people, when I smoke, I, that 45 minute like time frame of after I smoke, I'm as smart as I can be. I have a lot of great ideas. I have a lot of my great football thoughts. When I'm doing that, I text my wife thoughts. I keep notes there. But after those 45 minutes are up, I progressively get dumber in a hurry. And, and, and that would not be that fun to watch for sure. <laughs> uh, by the way, in the control room, Pete and Kristen say it's okay. Gabby, Gabby, come on. That she away, says, Gabby. That's come right. On. That's right, Gabby. That's, that's, Gabby's on my, my frame of mind there. Way to go, Gabs. I'm going to buy and send to you an awesome Lego set that you will be unable to resist putting together. I just need to find one first. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take it. If you want to send it. Sure. No problem. Thank you. I, I send you stuff and you just like, you never, like you just throw it away. Like I send you my books and you throw no, them away. No, no, I I don't throw them away. So I don't throw them away. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I got it actually. And I got a book from you yesterday with a little something in there. I meant to take a picture of it last night and didn't do it. But my son, he wanted to take it to school. He goes, hey, we got to take a book to school today from home. And I was like, well, you're not taking that. He's like, well, this is Florio's book. He was all interested. Florio wrote this? Florio wrote? <laughs> he was like That's all funny. amazed by it. And then, bar. and then he read the inside of it that said, you know, to Chris, read this while you're smoking a blunt. And then you drew a blunt next to your signature. That was amazing. So me and the wife laughed and we saw that. That was really good. Well done. You didn't let him take it to school and show his teacher? <laughs> no, we didn't let we did not let him take it to school. Sorry. Right. Uh, let's take a break. Two more quarterbacks in the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown when PFT Live continues right after. Quarterback, 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 list. Quarterback, 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 list. Mother top 40 quarterback, list. Mother top 40 quarterback, list. But Fangul. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's the F bomb in Italian. Oh, no. Yes. It is. It is. Yes. It is exactly what it aware. is. Look at that. Pete didn't even know he let it slide through the cracks. Pete, you grew up in the Northeast. You grew up in Long Island. You didn't know what that means, Pete? Oh my gosh. I mean, North we're 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 in we're in the mafia capital of the world around here. That word gets thrown around when you're in first grade up here in the North in North Jersey, New York City area. I'm disappointed in Pete. I can't even believe that. I learned the hard way what that word means because my friend whose parents were straight from Italy told me that word and I went home and asked my mom about it. That (laughs) was a mistake by me. Uh, Not a mistake to see Kyler Murray at number 19 on the Chris Sims Top 40 countdown. How the mighty have fallen, but that's what happens when you have a torn ACL and you've rest 
and you're just not the guy that you once were. And there's plenty of great quarterbacks in today's NFL. Somebody's got to be number 19, and number 19 is currently a guy that we may not see play before November 19. And that's a big part of why he's 19. His talent is greater than that. We know that. He's got some really special attributes about him. So there's no doubt there. An incredible talent that we have serious questions about leadership and ceiling versus top NFL defenses. That was kind of my headline or thesis statement about Kyler Murray there, Mike. Yeah, how can – hey, his running is a huge part of his game, and he's not going to be the same. You know, to start the year, let alone we don't know, you know, how healthy he will be when he does get out there. And then when you break it down into, you know, the other areas and go, well, yeah, okay, maybe he's not going to be able to run as well. And there's that injury. And then you get into some of the negatives. A lot of the negatives are him are in the pocket, you know, not throwing the ball as accurate as he did early on in his career. He definitely missed the target. Doesn't see people over the middle of the field at, at a lot of times. Makes you know, not a lot of big-time throws with the pocket collapsing and people around him. So those are the negatives there. Now, we're still talking about a guy with great arm, definitely. Game-changing speed once he gets outside the pocket. And, you know, quick release. There's a lot of skills here to work with, but there's some questions certainly with, with Kyler Murray and where he's at in his career right now. He's gone from 7 in 2021 to 12 in 22, all the way down to number 19 career worst last year with record three and eight yards per attempt six per one yards per completion 9.1 passer rating 87.2 there was a time when 87.2 was pretty good right nowadays 87.2 it ain't good good at all uh so you know the bottom line is he's got some work to do to get back where he's going to be and hey this whole Cardinals vibe right now, and if they're as bad as we think they're going to be, and they're in position to get Caleb Williams, and if he'll actually go play for them, that's an item that I wrote this morning, and I'm yeah. sure we'll get fans stirred up because he may decide, I'm not playing for them. I'll stay at USC and make NIL money for another year, or I'll just enter the draft and sit out a year and not play. I'll spend the money that I made. I'm not playing for the Cardinals. But if he does, end of the road for Kyler Murray, and maybe he's getting to the point where that's what he wants. Maybe he'd like to go play somewhere else. I don't know how much of that I could take in Arizona before I decide I want to go to a place where I'm actually going to win games. Point that Peter King made when he got drafted. This guy had lost three games in his entire football career, high school and college. And now three games is just a month of losses for the Arizona Cardinals. So it's just, it's a, it's a, it's just a weird vibe for him right now. And you'll wonder when he gets healthy again and he gets to the other side of this season, how he's going to feel about the Cardinals right. and how the Cardinals about him but he's sinking we'll see if he can move his way back up a little bit this year yeah and you said it right Mike you hit on you know one of the things that certainly leads him where he is too is you know hey being a leader your effect on the football team the belief you get a team give the team the body language you give the team I think all that plays into it right and I think he's probably been a little over scrutinized in that department but also as we know where there's smoke there's fire we hear it from too many people so, yeah, that part of him still a little bit of a question mark. You know, like I said, the play on the field, there's a lot of great skills. And in the game's wide open and fun, hey, man, Kyler Murray be one of those guys you'd go, he's up there with the best of them then in that type of game. But where I really question, and you, know, you and I have had this conversation a lot, and you and I both know this is why some teams would never have Kyler Murray as their quarterback, is 
Is can he win tough December January games? 17 to 14, 20 to 17. It's it's not an easy game. It's not wide open. We can't throw screens and be in the shotgun. We're going to have to stand in the pocket and they are good at containing me in there and I'm going to have to make throws and do all of that. Those are the questions I got about Kyler Murray. I do. You know, again, that's where he does lead plays on the field, whether he can't see down the middle of the field at times or if something flashes in front of his face, he can be quick to run, and then you go, ooh, man, you didn't need to. You could have just stepped to the right and stayed in throwing position, and Marquise Hollywood Brown's going to be open for a 20-yard gain. But instead, we look to run or do something else there, too, and those are some of the negatives of the game. Still a lot to like. The injury, the leadership, the play in the pocket still needs to be improved for, for me in, in, in Kyler Murray's game. And Look, I think that the – the problem that has not been resolved that will not go away is the clause we saw last year in his contract, right. the homework. Yeah. Right. He painted him with a negative brush. And I just don't think that that's something that ever gets better. And I think it becomes one of those nagging reasons when it's time for people to make business decisions that motivates them in a certain direction. Because if I'm Kyler Murray, I can't get past that. Macy's up and What up, Martin. Macy? I can't get past the fact that they made me look bad to everyone by creating this impression that I don't work hard enough. I can't get past it. And if this team stinks right now, I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm going to try to go to a place where they appreciate what? me, yep. they celebrate me, and they don't suck. No no doubt. I mean, he should be disappointed by that. But at the same time, we have more than that, right, too? You know, you and I knew. We heard from people, you know, that you know that had played there, were part of that, you know, part of that organization who told us stuff about Kyler Murray. You know, we've heard it from Patrick Peterson, right? We heard that. You heard the – I think it was Kelvin Beecham here recently – where, hey, he's going to be okay, but he's still got, I'm paraphrasing a little, some growing to go or maturity, whatever it was there. So I think, hey, again, how real is that? I don't know, but it's obviously somewhat real that it continues to come up. But there's a way to handle it that doesn't include putting this clause in a contract. That's that right. Out about becomes the biggest story Definitely. at a slow time in the NFL and makes him look like something that we didn't already believe he was. It's one thing to have these whispers making their way around the NFL grapevine. It's another thing for the team to pull the sheet off of this clause that tells the world, we think our quarterback's lazy. We think our quarterback plays video games too much, or maybe he's doing Legos. I don't know, but he wasn't studying as much as he needed to. Let's take a break. Another top 40 quarterback, Chris countdown, who actually is heading to a new team this year. We'll do that next year. Okay, Up in the this in's top forty quarterback countdown, down from number eleven last year, he's been between eleven and nineteen every year in the Christmas top forty. It's Derek Carr now with the New Orleans Saints, thirty-two years old, statistically the best quarterback in Raiders history. But there were clearly issues, or they wouldn't have run him off after only one year of the Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler regime. Yeah, that, that's that's right. I mean, he did a lot of good things for the Raiders there. 
different team, different culture, new way of the what they expect of the quarterback position, right? You know, I think the history of Derek Carr, and you look at this and go, well, yeah, these are great stats, and they're all franchise records, but, like, it, it led to one playoff appearance, right? And some other underwhelming things, too. That probably is part of the reason that I think that new regime of the Raiders probably wanted to get rid of them. But, Mike, the big thing I'd say here is reliable veteran but safe decision maker who never seems to let it fly. Knows how to play the position. He's got a tight release, right? He can make all the throws, but he's one of those guys that's a little too conservative, doesn't let plays develop down the field all the time and take advantage of what's there to be had. You're like, hey, the pocket's good. Pat the ball one more time. Hit the 20-yard corner route. Don't throw the ball three yards in the flat, right? Those are some of the negatives with him there. And then this past year specifically, and again, we're in a tight group here, right? It's nitpicky. He played some of his worst football in big moments, right? I think that was the, the big thing. Biggest moments, made some really bad decisions, left some plays and points on the field, and I think that was really probably the reason that you know the, the Raiders organization wanted to move on. It really was something when you think about it. He was in the MVP conversation for a while in 2016, suffered the broken leg just before the end of the regular season that year, didn't get to play in the playoff. They almost beat the Bengals a couple of years ago when they got back to the playoffs, yeah. and then it's all falling apart, and now he starts over with the Saints. We're going to continue the discussion as it relates to Derek Carr and the Saints and a guy who was in town helping Derek Carr get acclimated to New Orleans. We'll discuss that next here on PXN. Obviously, John's a guy that uh, uh, has a lot of experience with Derek, um, and Derek's had his most success uh, under John Gruden. And so uh, we felt like bringing him in, having a chance to sit down and, and uh, visit with him as an offensive staff, with the quarterbacks, um, and just get some new thoughts and ideas, things that we might be able to implement. You ask everybody that was involved, um, thought it was really beneficial for our football team. And look, we're going we're gonna to look at any avenue that we can to try to uh, improve. And so that was one area that we thought um, just bringing him in and having an opportunity to sit down and visit with him uh, would help us. Gutsy move by the New Orleans Saints to bring in John Gruden, who is persona non grata at 345 Park Avenue. Even worse than I am, frankly, because he sued Big Shield. He sued Big Roger, all arising from the events that led to someone trying to smear him by leaking secret email messages that Look, he shouldn't have sent. He got his consequences, but that doesn't excuse weaponizing them. He's got the lawsuit. The league isn't happy. I was surprised to see that the Saints brought him in, but it just shows you how committed they are to getting the most out of Derek Carr, Chris. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's a weird one there. It is. You know, it, I don't know how to feel about it. You know, I understand from the football standpoint and all that, but does it also maybe somewhat not make the Saints look like they got their stuff or their ducks in a row? Yeah, a little bit. And it's a controversial figure. And, you know, to your point and what Dennis Allen said, yeah, everybody around thinks it's beneficial. Well, they weren't going to tell you it wasn't beneficial, coach. That's not going to happen. You know, they weren't going to say that. You brought them in. So it's a little bit – it is a little odd. It really is. But nonetheless, I think the football aspect is, hey, the ideas – and it's a guy that worked with our quarterback and he can maybe throw us some ideas into our offense because they have the same exact offensive system that John Gruden and Derek Carr ran uh, all those years with the Raiders. Yeah, and look, they're doing what they have to do. 
to get their car ready. And I know John Gruden would love to get back in some way, somehow. I'd be stunned if he's ever coaching in the NFL again. Right. Maybe there's a point where he becomes like the Tom Moore elder statesman offensive consultant with someone. But this lawsuit needs to get resolved before we get to that point because that continues to be something that creates a lot of frustration and consternation at 345 Park Avenue because eventually we're going to find out who ordered that code red against John Gruden. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. We have found a set that Chris Sims can do in the Lego genre. There it is. Grassy Knoll. I don't know how you make a grassy knoll out of Legos. You have to layer the green ones into a mound. But there he is just before the magic bullet. That is very dark. It's a book by Brendan Powell Smith, Assassination, The Brick Chronicle of Attempts on the Lives of 12 U.S. Presidents. I may have to order it. Wow. I, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's ambitious right there. Legos about assassinations. I don't know. It looks like there's too much uh, security around JFK right there. I don't think that's legitimate. You know, yeah, that's true. Uh, those <laughs> motorcycles weren't there. Were yeah, they? They, they weren't that close. They, they definitely were not. Uh, but it, that's funny that we've made this one of our you know, uh, under-the-radar themes of our show here as of late, all this JFK talk. Oh, I'm getting deeper and deeper into the book JFK and the Unspeakable. There's some stuff in there. There's some stuff, all right. Eye-opening. We might have to have a show about it one day. I hope they come get you, not me. (laughs) Have yourself a great day. See you back tomorrow. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.